0: With the Lutz family was beautiful. It was the find of a lifetime. Who are you talking to? think I'm going live in my closet. Until
1: they discovered the house has a history.
0: He killed his brothers in the scary room. They can't escape. Highly Lisa. So. Get you and your family out of that house right now.
1: The Amityville Horror, rated R, starts Friday, April 15th.
0: Never
2: have a
3: of the Our house is a very, very, very sad house. Welcome back to the, the Masters of the Universe podcast. I'm one of your hosts, the host to the left, the rental king, Ron Avis. And joining me, as always, is my co host to the north. Adam Peterson. For God's sake, get out! <laughs> get out! Oh my God! Is and it is. It is part two of volume two of the Cinemasters Universe Halloween Spooktacular. Spooktacular. Give me a, give me a scary sound effect, Adam. Give me like a. Give me like a werewolf howling.
2: Oh. oh.
3: Like everything just sounds like Polly Shore to me. Like, I, I can't help myself. It doesn't like Polly like Shore. <laughs> Team Wolf's good, too. But yeah, this uh, this week we're going to be talking about a. Oh, this is like a special thing that we've never done before. We're, we're actually going to be discussing two movies. It's a twofer. It's a twofer. The 1979 classic, the James Berlin Margot Kidder classic, Amityville Horror. And the 2005, I think it is yes. Ryan Reynolds joint of the same name, the Amityville Horror remake. And what what a curveball you threw us in the last episode! You said you I was not expecting that. It just blew my hair back completely. Boom! Drop the mic. Th- this this episode is going to be nuts, man, because we got these two movies to talk about.
2: We're doing, but a then we
3: also have the juicy content of the actual true story the, the the hauntings and the you know the 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 Defeo murder and just the oh my god there's so much stuff that we could just talk about yes. and dig into and i'm not even sure where we're going to go with this so i'm thankful that you're actually going to be driving this sucker we, and we have um, i
1: have here with me in the studio the actual the house itself 1- okay you ocean. have that ha- i have the actual <laughs> house
0: with me. Get out. That's all he says,
1: <laughs> so it's not totally just, poignant, but you know. Just flies
3: buzzing. So what did you think hey, about the and filming? Don't forget to Get say... Out. Everybody, don't forget to say to hi to our uh, non-intrepid uh, producer, Mitch, who is once again passed out in a puddle of his own piss.
1: That's how he, But that's not how he before... Does
3: it. Yeah, but not before he brought in uh, one of our guests. He successfully connected us to a uh our third cinemaster for the evening you guys know him and love him uh from last year when we did our spooktacular episode of the gate uh he did our kevin smith tribute episode and uh of course i'm talking about mad matt mercer what's hey, going you guys, on guys thanks
4: so much for having me back it's awesome to be back here and uh yes before you ask i love doing gymnastics in my underwear
2: there's no other way to man.
4: do it. Yeah. No. yeah. I, I just do it. Especially I park. like to do monthly button down shirt. I like to do
3: gymnastics just in those like uh you you know those like old man socks that kind of like go up past the calf and clip. Oh yeah, yeah,
4: that's the best way to do it, man. That's yes. what I like to do gymnastics in.
3: Yep, that's what I do. I, I smoke a corn cop pipe and I do gymnastics in those <laughs>
1: socks exactly. And we're we're and talking I, we're talking about And the, I meddled uh, twice. The James Brolin <laughs> Tidy Whitey's That's what we're Oh Jesus Christ. Is that what we're talking about? Oh yeah, well that, that's pretty yeah, much what yeah. I'm referring well, we to. Yeah. Marco
4: Kidder does some interesting George Lutz tidy whiteies. In one of these movies that we're gonna talk about. So. I don't
1: know it what... in a dirty sweatshirt. I
3: I, I... <laughs> I maintain that like the seventies underwear is the least flattering uh decade of underwear for the mail package.
1: <laughs> you could I feel imagine. like this is a theme and that we really need to adopt for the rest of the spooktacular as well. We need to have comments. We may. Because it's this week two and this is, I mean, we're starting off with underwear talk, so <laughs> <Yeah>. I <laughs> feel like we need it. I think we kind of hit our peak we, at this point. We need point. to talk
3: about uh, Yes.
1: I peaked a long time
3: ago. We, what, what 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 are the, uh, is it BVDs? I don't know. I, <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I remember like it was like a Oh yeah. BVDs were like a big thing back in the day. yes, big jockeys. thing back in the day. jockeys, of course, of course. you got your uh what what was the Mark Wahlberg like, oh, those were the uh, Calvin Klein. Calvin Kleins yes. got the Calvin Kleins with like that V, you know, like I have the V Matt, you have the V now. <laughs> I'm assuming I, I, don't, I don't really know
4: what we're talking about anymore. <laughs> you, so I'll just agree with you, Ron. Yeah, totally. I'm a Z man.
3: okay, good, <laughs> good. that's just. Typically, what you're you are a V man, <laughs> but no, this is exciting. We got three voices, and we're talking scary movies, and I'm all pumped up. And Adam, since this is your movie, I'm gonna hand the keys to the podcast mobile on over to you, and cool. just whatever you want to do, dude, you just you roll with it. I mean, like I just like laid out all these potential ways you could go, but I just want you to choose, and I'm gonna well, sit I'm, back and not say a word for the next hour and thirty minutes.
1: How this should be. Go, this should be plenty awkward then. I'm really excited about that. Um, co- what what I'm going to do is uh, I'm, I'm going to do kind of a, a like a head-to-head just uh, breaking down some of the uh, housekeeping stuff, and then we can kind of jump into the movies and mm-hmm. the lore and all of it, because we'll, we'll bounce all over the place. So, And we've already talked mm, about yeah. um, James Berlin's underwear. That was kind of like my top thing. Yeah. I really wanted to get out there, so... That that's all I had everything I
3: had else. one check box yeah. and I checked it off right everything away everything else is just
1: icing on the cake <laughs> at this point for me because that was why I wanted to watch these movies in the first place um, but so I will let's I'll do our housekeeping so I'll, I'm gonna go original Amityville and then I'll go then I'll hit the the remake
4: ah, good choice so Going in chronological um, order
1: exactly uh, you gotta go back in time that's that's a reference Mitch, to another film. we need
4: some Huey oh, Lewis God. right now. And now I'm thinking <laughs> yes. about Michael J. Fox's in underwear. It keeps going back to the underwear, guys. Jeez. Calvin Klein's. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. See, this is slowly developing into the underwear podcast. <laughs> I always
4: hoped it would be. So let's just have a whole episode dedicated to underwear.
1: No, but
3: to be in all truthfulness, those underwear, like, they look, they look like they might be an okay underwear to wear. Like, I'm just saying. The they, purple they ones? They seem pretty. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. The colored, the colored Calvin Klein's.
1: Yeah. Why not give your it wasn't underwear
3: a little flair? It, it didn't look like a diaper, like a like a yes. diaper hanging off of your butt, like basically. John Hurt.
4: <laughs> yes. no, I agree. I mean, if they can seduce your mom, then they got to be great underwear.
1: Yes, that should have been their tagline. No, they should have been. Yes,
4: if they could know, I many underwear, your mom. you could sell with that tagline, like at least two. Yeah, I mean lot. Burt
3: Reynolds. I mean Burt Reynolds was like one to like show off his, but I mean he was wearing the tidy whities Like yes. those weren't the same.
1: You mean Turd Ferguson? They weren't
3: the same kind of boxer brief. Like they hadn't perfected the boxer brief technology in the late seventies. I don't think
1: they were still working. You could
3: either on it. do tidy whities or just like a thong, and that was it. Yeah, you couldn't have anything. You couldn't have anything loose. Nothing in between. It didn't look like a male diaper.
1: Yep
4: i love everybody who's tuned in to listen to to a podcast i mean you got like companies and just and we're just like man we're just <laughs> gonna, we're gonna just talk about gonna undergarment talk about
1: underwear for two hours
2: yeah
3: damn this really is a scary podcast <laughs> three guys talking about underwear you know what's scary just, just a couple just a couple of white broads and admiring the male form that's <laughs> yes. all we're doing right <laughs>
1: Well, we, we've we've you know not to jump too far ahead, but we do have Ryan Ren, Ryan Reynolds and his pretty fantastic abs. Oh, I mean, hey,
4: yeah.
3: Oh, dude's a
4: specimen
3: for
1: God's sakes. I mean, the man. I love the man in so many different forms. This is this this is not one that you, I mean, <laughs> anybody should miss because yeah. the dude was cut.
4: Yeah. He was, and I, I, we're going to get into yeah, this during had... the remake, but I'm wondering, I know that he had just done Blade Trinity maybe a couple of years before that, so I guess that still is Blade Body. I have to look and see when this was actually filmed. Good old Hannibal mm. King.
3: Yeah, so if it released in two thousand five, I mean, I'm guessing it probably
4: probably so. I want to say Blade Trinity was around right? two thousand and three. That's when that was released. So maybe this was filmed in two oh three oh four. So that's probably yeah. And yeah. he
3: he got remember how like he got really cut and like he toned up quite a bit for Blade oh he Trinity. sure did. Like he was always kind of he was a muscular kind of you know lead singer kind of guy. You know, he was like a real skinny toned. Defined muscles, but not a big guy. He got a Your little bit.
4: Your typical big Scott,
1: a Stapp. <laughs>
4: oh, Scott Stapp. Yeah, So Ryan Reynolds <laughs> looks a lot like Scott Stapp, except you know less heroin. Uh, yeah, the, Sands the mullet. Yeah. 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 <laughs>
1: <laughs> Anytime there's an amplifier, it wasn't really a mullet though,
3: because it was long all over. I guess I really shouldn't say it was.
4: a Oh, mullet. you know what? I was thinking about Scott Wild. It was.
3: It was the '90s version. It was like the early 2000s mullet. I. That's. <laughs> I'm gonna go with that.
4: Of course, we're only four years away from his first Let's do this housekeeping with arms wide
3: open, Adam.
2: (laughs) With arms wide open.
1: (laughs) Underwear Creed. Mm. Man, I am checking every box off of this podcast. (laughs) How do you do it, Adam? Every single time. It's magic. (laughs) It's just magic. (laughs) All right. Original Amdeville. I'll run through this. Uh, July 27th, 1979 A.D. Anno Domini. Um, you always got to
3: throw that in there.
1: I just want to make sure people aren't I'm confused. I'm so glad you cleared that up. Because I've gotten I've gotten letters and yeah. Yeah, really more postcards. And they're not easy to fend off. Because those people that write postcards get really, really picky about.
3: They they were like stone tablets, chiseled. Oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was a lot. Was BC, a lot. bro, what about BC?
1: Come it's on. Like, no, they were not releasing... These movies, the events had not happened until 1977. Well, the book was written in 77. The events happened in 74. Can you imagine what kind
3: of loincloth underwear they were wearing back in 1979 BC? BC. Appreciate that for a second, if you will.
1: Make you thankful for your BBDs then. Oh, right. (laughs) James Brolin underwear is looking pretty snazzy right about now. (laughs)
3: James Brolin was like the man in this movie for serious. Like seriously, he, like was he? He was like the Ryan Reynolds of the '70s in this. He, thing. I mean, he. I love how ex- not was. quite the specimen, but and he he was like you know the shirtless, but more shirtless to the side, not to show off the abs. There could have been a little bit of a pot there, but I don't think so.
1: I just I loved is like you know what I'm gonna do for this entire movie. I'm gonna wear this dirty sweatshirt all the time. I'm gonna sleep in it. I'm gonna do work and I'm gonna to go to the library in it. I'm gonna live in this dirty me apart. sweatshirt. <laughs> this sweatshirt. It's like, dude, you got no other clothes. Like, I know you're chilly, but you have one sweatshirt. That's it. it was a shoestring budget. You had to bring your own wardrobe it, it,
4: it, in. You know, they complained that the no, house was, was like gonna cost a lot of money. The so the you know, Amityville whore. to uh, cut corners.
3: That's not well. A they they had to cut. pay. They had to pay the director of uh, Cool Hand Luke all the money. Yeah, that's true. You know, they 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 couldn't afford to uh, uh, come up with any of wardrobe. <laughs> We're either going
1: to get Stuart Rosenberg or you can have two sweatshirts. What is it? Two sweatshirts. Oh, oh what a choice. Stuart Rosenberg. <laughs> this oh, one, Jesus Christ. The original comes in at 117 minutes, so just shy of two hours. Uh, production yeah, budget.
3: that's a long movie. Oh boy, for, yeah. a long for, for a this. horror
1: movie. It's a it's a long haul for a horror movie. Yeah, you get past that one hour forty mark in a horror movie, and it, people are like, "Who's left to kill?" Really? Is there, <laughs> We still got more. Okay, can we speed? this We up? got that
3: whole library m- looking through microfiche montage. Yes. To it like, oh 14. boy,
2: yes. And I, I have I a loved, lot to say about the I editing. I really of did this love film.
1: that they.
3: I love in the remake, they're looking at microfiche, too. Like, come on.
1: <laughs> oh, I, I love that they split it up in the first one. They're like, all right, Kathy, you get to go first. Go look at some microfiche. Yeah. Go take your time. All right, now, George, you go to the library. Now, why don't you go to City Hall, too? Get some plans. <laughs> Let me get some blueprints. <laughs> this movie needs every type of every type can I? Of document no, seriously, you can I get.
3: ask? Can I ask a serious question? Yes. When James Brolin went to the library, why did he stuff that book down the front of his pants? Like, it's a library, dude. All you have to do is ask to borrow it and they will let you take well, it that's home. The whole no purpose
1: These books are here for you to take, sir, and we prefer that you not do it in your pants.
3: <laughs> Cuz we we see that, we know you've been wearing that musty sweater. Like, oh, yeah, that sweatshirt's like, a little ripe there, Ace. How about not yeah. shutting it down,
1: those BVDs?
3: And I don't know what kind of rainforest is going on down in those, that 70s-era yeah. bush oh, area. Oh, you know what line. it is, man. It's like,
1: you know what, why don't you, why don't you just keep this book, huh? You just go yeah. ahead and take that. We don't need this one back. <laughs> Oh, yeah,
4: yeah, it's Vietnam down there. He needs some support. Like, That's why why, that book.
3: why is he stealing this book? <laughs> there needed to be a sign or something, like, not for, like, Check out or something. There had to be a reason for him <laughs> to like, steal the book.
1: I don't want anyone to know that I'm kind of into the occult. That might that maybe that's yeah, that might maybe. not bode well know. for my public persona.
4: <laughs> so let me just rub this book. On not my even from this Ocean part of Long Island.
1: <laughs> me- meanwhile, that's everyone's that's looking. and <laughs> was like, "Oh yeah, you. Uh, you look like a sweaty, haggard caveman. You're. Are, are you sho- <laughs> Is that a book down your pants, there, sir? Do you?" Do you need to talk to somebody? Are you gonna be okay? 'Cause you're not looking Nobody's right. gonna stop that guy. Nobody's yeah, like, gonna no. stop that guy. He's got some blueprints on the back of his motorcycle, stopping off for a beer at the witch's witch's brew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's just steer steer clear of him. He's that's probably not a guy we need to talk to about anything. What was it
3: the was it the seventy nine version or the remake where they went to the swanky Italian restaurant?
4: <laughs> oh that was uh <laughs> Oh, that was the uh, remake.
1: <laughs> you mean the Ita- Italian kitchen restaurant in a strip mall?
3: No, that was the remake, oh, yeah, wasn't it? Was the yeah, remake. yeah, it was yeah the they remake. really
4: Zack Snydered up that babysitter, which I appreciate. But uh, I guess we'll get Come
3: there. on, babe. Come on, babe. Get your, get your, son, get your nice clothes on. We're going to go to the strip <laughs> get mall. Get that dress <laughs> from Sears.
1: We're going to the Italian kitchen.
4: You know what? As a Put-shirts parent, God, I can totally get down with that. I I really relate to that scene, man. You know, you got kids. It's like, look, we're not going very far. Let's go eat at the Chick Fil A at the mall. It'll be day then.
2: Let's go
1: get some saltines behind the dumpster the right? Thornton. Well, that's the chi-
3: <laughs> that's Chick Fil A though. Like I would buy Chick Fil A. I mean, but that's the Italian kitchen at the
1: strip mall. <laughs> Let's go here, because then we can pick up our dry cleaning at the same time. Not even Fazoli's. (laughs) I mean, they they did
3: buy their house on the cheap, you know, so, yeah, they're probably
1: short of money. Speaking of on the cheap, the budget (laughs) for this film was $4.7 million. (laughs) See how I did that? Boom, Segue the shit out of that one and opening weekend they made 7.8 million so they made all their production budget back and then some Good 1979 for them. money yeah not bad that's not doing too shabby not and then at all. their domestic total was a little over 86 million
4: so it made 86 million in 1970s money wow and so that doesn't really yeah. include yeah. worldwide or what they've done since then, like in DVD sales or streaming. We
3: don't care about worldwide. The rest gross of the world can podcast, suck it. pal.
2: USA. <laughs> USA. US. we We love Vietnam. And parts of uh, Cambodia do. and Laos.
3: Yeah. We do love our Laosan. La, Laotian?
1: Yes. <laughs> Billy Laotian. Con <laughs> phone.
3: Oh, God. But but we did also learn in the last episode that um, it was the second highest grossing film of 1979. And if you don't count Superman, which was technically released in 78, but did a bulk of its business in 1979, movies released in 1979, number one, number one. And because
1: I hate Superman, I'm totally okay with that. Yeah, because you hate Superman, also number one.
4: Oh, yes. This is an interesting conversation that I feel like we need to have, but I just have to ask you this question: Do you hate Superman as a character, or do you hate Superman as a movie, or both? Um, uh, both. Wow. Okay. Hot takes from Adam tonight.
3: <laughs> well, yeah. I've, I've no, never. This liked is Superman. something we know. He hates. He he hates uh, Henry Thomas, and he hates. I knew Superman. that he hated yeah, Henry, Henry Thomas. Thomas
4: or, uh, Man of Steel. Steel. Yeah. I knew about that, uh, and he loves Shaquille O'Neal, and that pretty much wraps up everything I know about Steel Adam. Steel
1: is a fantastic movie. <laughs> Steel <laughs> is, is I mean, if you haven't Quit. seen Steel. Stop, stop advocating <laughs> we need, we for need Steel. If re- you haven't re- kind of seen Steel, really you need to stop what you're doing right now and rethink your life choices. Oh God, people, I'm just hearing,
3: like, listening to the sound of people, like, stopping, stopping, like, whatever the sound of, like, stopping listening to a podcast is, is what <laughs> we're doing right now.
1: Audible gasps. gasps.
4: Audible gasp.
1: I've not seen Steel. I should have watched <gasps> that. That's what, they're, that's what they're saying to they are right
4: now. If any of our Vietnamese, listeners are wanting to watch that, Vietnamese. I do want to prep you by saying that there is an entire subplot of that movie dedicated to a souffle, uh, and that's pretty much what you need to know about that movie. Yeah.
1: And Shaquille O'Neal. Adam, O'Neil. I'm going
3: to need to borrow your copy of Steel because I love me some souffle. <laughs> There's uh, if and also
1: if you're unaware, Shaquille O'Neal has a very uh, illustrious rap career. So just kind of keep that in the back of your mind, too. You could listen to Shaquille O'Neal rap while you're watching. Oh, Steel. gosh.
3: What was that? Was Shaq Diesel the debut album or Shaquille I think, O'Neal? I think it was. was? Yeah. Yeah, uh the 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 uh pixel the king of pixels and I, the Prince of Pixels got a killing <laughs> Nick and I used to just like listen to the Shaquille O'Neal C D
1: unironically, just like, it's amazing <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> like in the car. <laughs> so was, there's no reason not to listen to Shaquille O'Neal at the loudest desk no,
3: can handle. No. It. Never. Not ever. Not not then, not now. Never be
4: ashamed.
1: He's of one of the most O'Neal. talented people that has ever graced this planet. And I just, I think, no, should appreciate no it.
3: disagreement here, pal. <laughs> so steering us
4: back to the movie. Give me that shakaroni. Uh, movie. Deville Horror came out in 1979. Yeah, back 1979, to the movie. And oh, it was yeah. also released from my mother in 1979. So,
3: hey, there it well, is, man. there oh. dude. What a weird way to put that. <laughs> there you go.
4: That's right. Hatched from your mom. <laughs> okay. I am ready. Let's talk to Deville. So.
1: This the this uh, I, the last last point here. Um, just our ratings. The IMDb gives it a six point two out of ten, not a mm. hundred. Mm. Um, that's that's not bad. That's, that's fair. Not bad for horror movie. Fair. Um, Rotten Tomatoes got thirty from the critics and fifty two from the audience. So
4: kind kind Ooh. of split on the audience. The middle of the
1: road. And then Metacritic gave it a twenty eight. So critics were Ooh. hard on it. Um, But fans seem to like it a little, little, uh, you know, didn't totally split things in immediate half, but close to it. The IMDb crowd was a little bit nicer.
3: I can't, I gotta say, they're they're probably right. The movie isn't a good movie necessarily. It's entertaining, but it's kind of a bad movie. It's just like a sequence of uh, just odd things happening one after the other, and no one ever like addresses what's happening it's just one thing after the other nobody ever like tries to figure what just happened out it just never stops
1: it's like the most horrible things happen and then you go to bed and wake up tomorrow and start again and it's like we're just not gonna talk about how you totally lost your shit last night and Okay. No. Well, okay. I'll just Speaking fix of
3: two-hour-long movie, how long did they have to like spend the brother counting his fifteen hundred cash for the caterer? <laughs> yeah. Right. How many times has he got? To, we got to watch him count that money out for
1: God's sakes. <laughs> now, could, uh, let's let's get him. Let's get another shot. Can we get in closer on that wrapper? I'm not really
3: the... sure I understand what's the deal with that. Like, did the house need the money? The house took the money because it all. showed up the next
4: day in a Tesla. <laughs> yeah. I, I. I'm really. Really happy oh, that uh, you know you brought that up <laughs> that too, Ron I, back last year when I did the gate <laughs> with you guys. I was really kind of nervous going into that movie because I had no nostalgia for the gate. I was watching it for the first time as a forty-something. Uh, I didn't have any like fond memories of it. Very happy yeah. to tell you that hey, yeah, yeah, I enjoyed watching the movie. I thought it was hella entertaining, so I had a great time watching it. I'm happy to hear that I'm not the only person who. Thinks that this is not a good film. The, the original, I, I did not have a good time watching this. It took me three days to get through it. Yeah. Um. But but, but I agree. There, there's just so many. Just it feels like storylines that could go somewhere but don't. And there's also kind of the cardinal sin that I think that this movie puts out, yeah. where um, I'm being told a lot of things, but I'm not really being shown a lot of things. I see that you know Ralph and I can't think of the wife's name. Uh. So I'll just call her Margot Kidder for the moment. Um, I, I'm. To- Thank you. Yes, Kathy. I'm being told that they're in love, but boy, I just don't think that yeah. there's any chemistry uh, between them on screen. Now I will give her this: Margot Kidder was coked yeah. out of her mind uh, while filming this movie, and the fact that she could get through it the way Aww. she did, nice. Poor yeah, Margot Kidder. Kind of wish Aww. I was coked out too, to be honest.
3: She should have had a nice, nice career. She came out like think of the year she had sub- the '78 oh, Superman yeah. number one movie. The following year, the Amityville Horror, number two movie of of the year. like and, But then, you know, just meh. That's, that's kind of where it Right, ended. well, she filmed she Superman really, 1 and 2 really back to out. back.
4: Out. Then, in order to give Richard Donner full director credit, they filmed the other half of Superman 2 over again after Amityville Horror. Uh, and then she kind of left Superman 3 for a while because she didn't agree with mm-hmm. some stuff. But as a consolation prize, she got to bang Richard Pryor for a while. So that's kind of cool.
3: Oh, well, you know, you she go. must yeah. have been out of coke. <laughs> yeah. That's probably where she got most <laughs> she of her drugs have, She must have wanted to try rebasing yes. for a change. <laughs> At least she didn't get caught on fire. <laughs> That's, I'm assuming. no Always I, a good consolation.
1: Margot Kidder, like, she's just one of those...
3: She's just such a classic, foxy, like, 70s, mm-hmm. 80s babe. And it's a bummer, like, that she, you know, I guess, I don't know, I guess, I mean, she definitely has some substance abuse issues possibly some mental
1: issues on top of that but you know, you know she, she's she, there are she's lots of perfectly people fine in this movie in backyards screaming <sighs> at the top of their lungs that just happens sure
3: sure oh yeah thank god she wasn't in like a kubrick movie oh, or something could you like imagine that. <laughs> that yeah that might have <laughs> really broken her after what he did to shelly duvall oh Only 700 Christ.
4: takes to go she wouldn't have made it to uh, see her i don't know if i could have done it I think that's the other unfortunate part of this movie is that, you know, I'm sitting there watching it, trying to put it into context. And I keep thinking, you know, well, The Shining kind of did the crazy guy goes nuts inside house thing a year later. And in my opinion, you know, the best haunted house slash ghost movie happens just two years later, in my opinion, in Poltergeist. So I can't even say, well, it's a product of its time. I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. Poltergeist, man. It's a hell of a film.
3: Yeah, Toby, Toby, was it Toby Hooper and Steven Spielberg were like, yeah, "Yeah, hold my beer, I got this." And to be, and honestly, the book was before the movie, so they probably, you know, did get tons and tons of inspiration from, you know, uh, the Shining and, and I was, I did go down a rabbit hole of interviews for the uh, Amityville. One, you know, some of it being strictly the the DeFeo murder and all of the um, scandalous stuff that happened there, and then again with like the Lutzes and buying the house, and then I mean just some really kind of like it's weird that they that they were going to get the attorney or the defense attorney for Ronnie DeFeo. He was kind of going to be there person to help him write the book and like negotiate yeah. the book and movie deals. <laughs> this is really weird. And uh just just bizarre stuff. And the author, oh, I can't think of his name, but the guy J. who wrote Johnson. the book. Yeah, he he's he's he basically is just like I you know, like I don't I don't care about if any of this is true or not. I'm just my job is to write an interesting story and that's basically it. And then the, you know, the, the people who made the movie are just sort of the same thing. You know, like we, do we believe any of this? I don't know, but we try to make it as entertaining as possible. And you could kind of tell, like, they just try to shove as much shit from the book into this movie as they possibly could.
1: Well, and I, I know from reading the trivia and, uh, while I was watching all of the Amityville movies that I did, <clears throat> I know that, uh, um, James Brolin and Margot Kidder, they both sat down with the Lutzes and talked to them. I, I know that uh, Brolin, he read the book because he didn't want to do it at first, but he read the book and he read it all in one sitting. And yeah. he's he was like, I got I to do this movie. Uh, I think he I want to say like the, the anecdote went something like he was waiting for like a pair of pants to dry or something like that. And they fell off the at like at one point when he was reading the book and it made him jump out of his chair, scared him so much. And I was like, "You were just looking for a way to talk about sitting around in your underwear." And, but um, neither. By the time they were done filming the movie, neither neither of the main stars really believed any part of the story. That I like, it's you know it was fun, and it was yeah. you know interesting to talk to these people. And they're like, oh, "We don't believe any of this actually happened."
4: Well, that's interesting.
3: Yeah, when when you got the author uh, saying the stuff that he said and st- stories changing because. From what i understand i mean like it's this is cool we're just going to like talk about the the real story that's based off of you know they bought the house like that part of it's all true the the murder happened they got the house cheap they knew about the murders i think they got in over their head they they abandoned the house and they i guess when they they took the their official statements to the police uh you know they, they were just they were just sort of all over the place and then the the author i don't even think he initially talked to the lutzes at all i think he just like listened to the recordings like their statements and then filled in the gaps basically just trying to like glean what he could from the recordings and then you know make an entertaining story from like well like the this the the Shining's really entertaining. Yeah,
4: maybe so. You know, I, I think Whatever. it's really interesting, Haunting too. On Hill house. Uh, in my research, house, I did read that the author uh, didn't really think about writing the book or didn't really want to get too much into something about the book until he started to actually talk to the priest. And the priest was the one that kind of, you know, convinced him, hey, you know, there might be something going on with this house. Maybe you want to write about it. And he kind of went from there. Which I thought was interesting.
3: I don't really know a lot about the priest's story. Did he? Did he suffer from any of the ailments that he did from? Because that one, there's a big difference. Like I know we'll probably do some comparing, contrasting oh, yeah. between the two movies. Uh, a lot, a lot of horrible things happened to the priest in the original movie. Uh, yeah, from Steiger
1: got a lot harsher treatment than Philip Baker Hall.
3: Yeah, yeah, he just got like knocked to the ground by he. He got blasted with bees basically or not yeah. blasted with bees blasted with flies i wish it was and that, bees. that scene bees really made her. me laugh hard Bees would have been great <laughs> oh. and then and then he just like runs out of the house and gets in his car and just like you know the girl the chick i can't think of then the remake not the, the margo kidder analog from the remake she's oh, just like Melissa where are you going yeah he's, he's just he's like i'm getting the hell out of here and then that was right. like basically it but in the uh yes but steiger he i mean he he gets the fly treatment uh they get the get out the lutz didn't even know he was there and he's he's trying to contact them but there's interference in the phone he tries to get his make his way back to the house a couple of different times and the house somehow is he can
4: somehow control vehicles you know, from causing a
3: distance? The, the hood yeah of oh i have yeah. so many problems yeah. with this no idea what's up with that like uh. that didn't make any sense and, and to the point where he goes blind yes. Did, what what do you know about the the priest? You know, the I real doubt priest. that the
4: priest ever it, was he went blind. It, All I could really tell in my research was that he just had some flu symptoms, uh, and that the house kind of made him feel a little funny. Now in the movie, okay. I can't figure out if the house wants him gone. It says get out, but the house lures him in first with you know giggling yeah. children.
3: Yeah, I don't know what the house actually wants. Like it, uh, that so the house is just yeah, too I mean, wishy really
2: Oh, uh, don't, <laughs> don't what do you want, the, want? House the house is just what you <sighs> want. It?
1: I want these people to stay, but I also want to kick them out. And
3: I mean, I kind of have to side with the house. I really, if I had my choice, I mean, I wouldn't want this. These snotty kids and like they're, you know, this you got the stepdad and like that's just not a fun situation. It's,
4: it's really not. Again, you know, it, it seems like as far
3: as as far as house there's just go. so much
4: repeat. I think that happens in this movie. Boy, this movie could have been cut down because you've got the nun that shows up later another woman of the cloth who shows up and, and sort of the same thing happens. Gets sick, has to leave. We, we, we've seen it before, and at this point, I'm just like, yeah, come on, she, Milly, please she, speed this yeah, up. Yeah,
3: she she turns ill as
1: well. <laughs> yeah, which Kathy's, uh, Kathy's sister had been a nun, but by the time that they lived in the house, she wasn't anymore, so... <clears throat> that's I, I think that's one of those. Do
3: you still wear the nun stuff if oh, you're not yeah, a a nun time anymore? I'm like, you know <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Should I wear
1: regular clothes? Now? I'm not a nun No. Just the full what, the nun I was like, you know, sister. You never X hang up, up, up the halibut. I mean you never no. do. <laughs> you're just like, uh it's probably gonna come back in style. I'll just keep wearing it. I'll just I'll just roll with that. Uh that that was that was one of the things that the the, the first one suffered from, I think, was it Like it really, it was like we need you to really know this house is a bad house. There's a lot of stuff happening here. It's like, as it kept telling me like what day it was. I'm like, really? We're like going, we're literally going day by day. Like I thought this went a lot faster. Because then it's like it gets to like day 15, and they're like the final day. It's like so, just nothing happened for like two weeks, (laughs) right? Or nothing. Like it was just more of the same. And you're like, yeah, you get it by
4: now. It bounces around. A lot. I don't know. In the beginning, we start with, you know, back in the day when the shooting happened with one year ago. We flash forward one year. Then we flash forward one month when they move in, and then we take things day by day. I'm not really sure all the titles were necessary, but that's just my opinion.
3: I don't think so, because I, I feel like they probably didn't have 28 days worth of testimony probably just like oh well then there was this one day this thing happened and there's another day where like the walls were bleeding that was kind of crazy and you know uh then you know some eggs popped out of the carton another day and whatever the dog tried to hang yeah, itself like yeah. it's kind of you know, really but... this whole thing no i i think that that that's just something to make you believe that it could have been is
4: avoided completely and ma- maybe uh, there if, were, you know, like, they like just got a house around. inspector and they could have told them that hey man there there is blood in your walls you know that right and you know that would have been no movie but
2: yeah and i could well, see that like jo- jody
3: <laughs> jody the space pig could probably like show oh, probably. up from time to time like every day you know like i could see that being a thing the rocking chair that counts as a that's a title card that gets a card <laughs> Wait, you,
1: you mean you mean at no point in the movie where you sitting there goes like but what day is it i don't know which day <laughs> this is oh so frustrating yeah, they
3: had, like, a chalkboard with, like, you know, five five days without haunting that they got to, like, strip, like, ah, damn it, and they <laughs> the raised day one. Yeah. Zero days since something but they satanic kept the streak, happened. <laughs> they kept the streak for 28 days. That's incredible. I say they're quitters. Like, they really should have seen how far on, they could have pushed Come it on. to. Did,
1: uh, a month?
3: So, like it wasn't February. 28 days? Yeah, that's the shortest month of the year, for crying out loud.
1: Well, and the the thing uh, the thing about it because uh, i know i know one of one of the uh the the thing that people would say is like oh it was the, the finances the finances of it were just too much and really that wasn't the case it was like i mean they weren't even there a month it's like you can't get you can't get behind on a mortgage when you haven't been yeah. there a month it's like that's how yeah that's how a mortgage works you pay by the month you yeah you pay monthly that's and true in that's addition true. to that both George and Kathy had their own residences that they sold prior to moving into this house. That they got probably about forty grand below market value, and then there was George was moving his business into the basement. That was going to be the plan, so they were going to save money there. Yeah, and the the boat fees. I was like, there was a, the financial. Yeah, the aspect boat of fees, it, right? They actually were coming out quite a bit more ahead than they had been so it was one of those like that was one of those things i think people tried to use as a detractor was oh it's uh, the they just pulled this stunt because they were in over their heads financially it's like well you know yeah, yeah you, you yeah buy that's, a house that's that's, that's you an can't.
3: easy thing to do but if you do start to pull pull that yarn you can kind of see that well that doesn't
1: make any sense and uh, i think a big i mean a big part of the problem for the lutz is to try and i mean there, there were i mean. Stories were changing, and, and there's, I mean, there's a lot of that where it's like, oh well, this didn't totally happen that way. And so when you start getting those concessions, people are like, okay, yeah, I don't totally believe this. But um, then you, ha- I mean, you have the book which kind of sensationalized some of the things, and then you have the movie which took it even further. So you have people that have, yeah. you know, you have these accounts that are the Lutzes that are given you. Then you have this book which you know takes some of that and elevates it, and then you have the movie which takes. I was like oh there was a screen door that came off at one point and that was kind of weird well now you got the front door being blown off the hinges like that's a <laughs> far cry yeah. from one another so oh, the yeah screen and, door and, fell off. and
3: speaking it's- of that speaking of that like they the the owners of the home after the lutz's you know when they when they were asked in what condition was the house in when they moved in they had said the house was really in good condition so yeah in, in the movie the house is being torn to pieces uh, like, literally, the foundation is just, like, they, they're, br- they're busting through walls and just, like, uh, staircases falling apart, walls yeah. just greasy with blood. And apparently, like, all that's totally fabricated completely. Well, and, and then— Another thing, too, that's interesting is when the—I saw a, a documentary where the—again, uh, the, the, the attorney, the defense lawyer for DeFeo, Ronnie DeFeo— yeah. When he was going to try and, and you know negotiate a deal with them, and he he after uh, when he met with them for the first time, they when they were kind of getting together and trying to get their story straight a little bit, he he played for some played for them some of the uh, accounts like the, I guess some of the police evidence and accounts of the, what happened in the house during the murder, and they 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 filled in a lot of those gaps there, like they would rework yeah. their accounts to kind of fill in and match a bit to kind of make it seem like it worked together a little bit. So that that's shady too. Well, and uh, you were telling me too something really interesting, Adam, about, uh, the second, uh, was no, it was the oldest son. You saw a documentary. Can you talk about that? Because he had believed that his father, his, he believed his father had some sort of tele telekinetic, oh, yeah. telekinetic properties or like even before they moved into the house. Yeah. So really George seems like he he saw an opportunity with this um murder, you know, and then like decided like I me mean, cook up this story leave after 28 days, make a lot of money. But yeah, what 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 can you tell us, me or like Matt since he doesn't know <sighs> anything about this? Like what 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 kind of things came out in that documentary?
1: Yeah, I want it was it's called My Amityville Horror. It came out in either 2012, 2013, somewhere in there. And Daniel uh Lutz the oldest of the three Lutz children that were adopted by George, because um, I think George and Kathy had a couple of kids on their own after um, y- leading up to, they got divorced in the 80s, early 80s. Um, he, he, uh, it was, I mean, just kind of this, the, the guy is not terribly adjusted. It's, I mean, it's 88 minutes long, and it, I, unless you're just really, really, really interested in the story at all, um, it, and even then, it's still a far cry from totally worth it because he's he's really convinced that everything happened, and I think uh, like some of the some of the best parts of it, um, it, it wasn't it wasn't that they were directly trying to discredit him, um, and I forget the lady's name and kind of her credentials. She I want to say she was some kind of psychologist, but towards towards the it was after the halfway point. I, th- I would say towards the last third of the, of the documentary she was kind of talking about how he was 10 when all this happened and you know you have um you know his his uh biological dad out of the picture uh so his mom and his dad have gotten divorced there's a new stepdad they've moved there's several transitions happening in his life and from his perspective george he and george had never got along they he he, he described George as a taskmaster. Because you know, even even at one point, they were trying to talk about how George and Kathy's personalities changed so dramatically in the house. It was like they were, you know, whipping them with wooden spoons. And he's like, well, George was that way before. So it's like to paint him as this monster that happened because he was in the house, it sounded like he was kind of a dick before they ever moved in. <laughs> um, so And he this
3: this is the son who had the uh, uh, window seal yeah. come down on oh, his feet. Yeah, the so windows came down. Just and, for
1: context. yeah. Because he, he talked about how, you know, that, that that actually happened and, you know, and it happened kind of the way that they portrayed it in the uh, original. They said George was there, Kathy was there, George's friend. He was there. They were all trying to get this door up. And then, you know, you could see where, I mean, it was, and he, he was talking about how his one pinky, I want to say it, was, it might be on his left hand, was still kind of bent from it. But he said, you know, you could see, you know, his hands were completely just smashed in the blood. And so they were going downstairs freaking out. Um, and before they left to go to the emergency room, all of a sudden they look and his hands are perfectly fine. And so he, he portrays this event as yes, this, I mean, everything was, he was very intense about it. It absolutely happened. And part, part of the problem for me when I'm watching it is it's one of those things like even, even for myself, like, and I think we, I think, you know, I think Ron, we, I think we've talked about it before either on here or just kind of offline in our regular conversation one of those things like he was in his i think late 40s uh, when he did this documentary and he's talking about stuff when he was 10 11 years old 12 years old mm-hmm. like it definitively yep. happened and he unequivocally knows it and I'm like anything that i think that i know that happened when i was 10 like if i go back and say oh i remember my 10th birthday we went and did this i still have to you know understand that the way the brain works in and of itself is everything i think i remember from that day is still you know, a radian or two off of what it actually was because over time, those memories aren't stored in perfect order in your brain. Even the traumatic yeah. events, you know, it was like, Oh, everything could not have been so traumatic that he re- remembers it so vividly. And it absolutely happened that way. So they were talking about how, okay, he's 10 years old. He's there's so many transitions happening in his life. He, home life is already, you know, uh, an issue. And he, he was talking about how you walk into George's house before they moved in uh, to the Ocean Avenue. He said, you look on George's uh, bookshelf and there's books on the occult. There's books on um, all these different kinds of spiritual. And and, uh, it, and he, he said that before they moved in the house, he saw George Lutz move tools in his garage with his mind. And he was hundred percent like this. It's not like it's not for debate. It's not like oh, I, I think I, saw. I was like no, I was there. I saw it. It happened. He's moving tools around, and so it's just one of those things where like you know, there's a lot of stuff that I I would like to think that I would be open to p- the possibility of. But I'm like, this yeah. dude just. Uh, I'm sorry, man. You're like, and then at the end they they pose the question of would you be open to a lie detector test, and he just he takes it as essentially they think he's lying and he just gets all pissy about it shuts down. And that's pretty much the end of the documentary is, is like, I'm, you know, all right, whatever. And so the whole time he's been, it was interesting because they actually go to, there was a woman, she was uh, kind of like, a. um, she dealt, she was, she was kind of a reporter, but she dealt with uh, paranormal kind of stuff phenomenon. And she was very close with the family, I think she stayed with them and kind of was observing what was happening shortly after all this, the story broke. And so but she she a,
3: one of the people that was in the famous, uh, like, yeah, oh, she was there seance. She was she was yeah. there. OK. She was one of the like with the Warren. Oh, okay. uh, yeah. OK.
1: Huh. So she was she was doing a lot of the interviewing and she she kind of poked and prodded. And just I think it wasn't necessarily to discredit his story, but to more to try and say, you know hey you know provide if somebody wanted if somebody did want to try and discredit it it was like well let's cover those bases ahead of these people and they do go to see lorraine warren and it was it was kind of funny because like in my head i have this 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 image this idea of like of, of the house from the conjuring movies you know it's these two people you know they've got their little museum of all the evil things that they've collected and and this and that and by this point i mean it was i mean they're recording this in the you know early 2010 2011 you know something like that um and so ed Ed warren has already passed away so she's living by herself but she's i mean she's got she's got two roosters in cages in her house and they're just they're just like they're making their rooster noises while they're recording stuff and they're just kind of like crap (laughs) everywhere you're like i feel like the warren's house should have been like you know, like I know she's you know old lady living on her own so it's not like everything's just gonna be totally perfect but I'm like this this seems more like the house of a crazy person than like a world-renowned parapsychologist or you know demonologist whatever yeah the there's there's are. some there's
3: there's probably like 10 to 15 cats yeah, oh,
2: yeah
1: it's like <laughs> and then like some of the stuff looks like Halloween decorations there's like like at one point the cameras like they're following him to her like here let's go sit let's go sit down. And you think that they're going to go sit like in a living room. And no, they're sitting at this table and there's like weird shit all around them. And you're like, what? On <laughs> Earth? Like, like, that looks like a vampire? Like, <laughs> you don't have a comfortable sitting room in this house? It's, no, let's just... You don't
3: have like a... You, you probably get a lot of interest from multiple people who want to interview you. You probably have like a little... You'd think she'd have some sort of like little staged, nice yeah. uh, scenic kind of like area. You know, like when we do our podcast, like we got like a little like Section that just looks nice. The rest of the house could be in total disrepair, but that one little section that looks good for camera. <laughs>
1: yeah, how about that? How about that office where uh, Ed hung the nun p- portrait that he painted? Oh, that's God. not available. We can't sit. In, no, can't sit in there. Got to sit in this, Fallic. you know, garbled <laughs> mess of you know yard sale garbage you've accumulated over the last 50 years Can you afford a housekeeper you guys made a lot of money over. there i mean, your like days, you're right? si- <laughs> you're watching this documentary and all of a sudden you hear a rooster i'm like <laughs> seriously like this is just half like i mean you shut that rooster up like, this, this is a this real really thing the mood, right, man? Guys? like you're not filming this on your phone right like you guys have a camera you guys are like like we can't do this at Starbucks we can't like no let's do it in the middle of this sad old lady's house and I I love these but I, I do like dig these
3: like documentaries these like side documentaries that give us a lot of context and texture to the story yeah. like and there's tons of them on YouTube just oh, great yeah. stuff um I I'm with you Adam I I kind of like in as far as like trying to remember something even in normal circumstances something that's not as traumatic as uh being this the center of a media circus you know because the, the the book took off it was huge the movie took off was huge and when when you're that age and you're trying to like remember back your memories in my mind and i think we we did talk about this i i think maybe twenty percent of it is pretty decent solid recollection of what happened yeah and then you got another um 50 to 60 percent is the stories or the narrative told by your parents or in this case in the papers and the media and like people reporting these things as fact and then you just well okay i'm gonna I'm, i'm substituting i'm filling in the gaps from my recollection with uh, what my parents said happened, and then you know you got like television interviews and and again like newspaper clippings like you're you're gonna put all of that together as you know, like you said uh, unequivocal fact like th- these are the events that happened but did they really? Because I I never really truly buy when somebody says like oh like I totally remembered everything that happened to me when I was like six seven years yeah, old like, and I remember like, no, things you don't. clearly I'm like no you probably have you know your parents probably took a lot of photographs and you've seen the photographs a whole bunch of times so you you've got these images in your head and you're just remembering in a certain way but you couldn't possibly be remembering vividly what happened exactly like every
4: well i often wonder about too what kind of psychological effect this would have on you as a child where you know you you already have this is your 15 minutes of fame he probably got
3: teased a bunch by his classmates oh sure sure
4: yeah like this is what you're going to be known for the rest of your life if you grow up and become the best engineer i mean people are going to remember you as oh you were the amityville kid right so i mean what does that do to your brain you know uh how does that affect memory and of where do you go from there, right? So, I, I this this poor guy's been kind of living his whole life, um, just kind of with this this umbrella over his head, whether he likes it or not. You know, this is just kind of what he's going to be known for. What what, what about the sister, Adam? Like, what
1: what do you know about her? In, the, in in real life, the at the end, it did say that they contacted the younger brother and younger sister for to be a part of the documentary, and they both um, declined. Uh, I think okay. I think they've wisely
3: declined. Yeah, <laughs> I think they've
1: both tried because uh, one of the things that, uh, that Daniel said that um, was, and uh, you know, as as a dad, I think we all three of us could probably relate. You know, there, there's a part where if, you know, if anything even close to that, um, you know, mm-hmm. you, you take a handful of of the incidents that they actually said and you, you know, you boil them down to sound like, well, that was kind of fun. Not like a straight up like, oh, my goodness, this house is haunted. But like, well, that was kind of weird. Because I mean that was that one of the things about the whole ordeal to me uh, is when you go back to the DeFeo case, all five of the the, the murders, all of the bodies were turned upside down, um, and yeah, the none of the neighbors heard any shots. It was a clear night. No, Nobody heard that's any so shots. Weird. And it's so weird. Nobody, like, nobody. All got the out of neighbors bed.
3: really ever heard were th- was the dog barking. Yeah, apparently. And
1: so, I mean, there's just enough weird parts about it where it's like, okay, no, I don't think the devil made him do it. I think he was high on just about as many things as he could get his hands on, and yeah. he killed his family because he was crazy. But uh, did you
3: see the theory about he and um, not the younger sister, but I guess maybe there was an older sister oh, yeah. too, closer. Well, no, we were talking about the DeFeo. So like, the Ronnie DeFeo had a uh, Two, did he have two sisters or just one two, sister? Yeah,
1: two sisters okay. and two
3: brothers. So he had a younger sister brothers. and like a sister that was closer to his age. Yeah. And what some people say could have happened was he was really whacked out on drugs, and the sister gave him the gun and wanted to murder the family, and that he, um, the only person that he actually killed was the sister at the end and yeah. then moved the bodies maybe with the help of his friends. Um, but I mean, the, 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 the forensics people, like they say like, no, these bodies weren't moved. This is how yeah. they, they have ways of, of knowing even back then. So
1: it is just really, and weird. the, the toxicology reports were all completely clean, which was odd yep. because, you know, it'd be one of those things was like, okay, it's yeah, a big they weren't house. drugged. And so But yeah. it's like, okay, after, you know, I, I just can't After imagine. one shot. One or yeah, two, I sleep like, okay. hard, but yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, and, you know, having younger kids, it's like, okay, you know, you flush the toilet on the first floor and all of a sudden somebody gets up. It's like, oh, what? Yeah. So it's like shot. No, I'm a you pretty
3: sound sleeper, but you would think that not everybody in the house is that sound Yeah. So it's like for was nobody was no to get up out of bed.
1: A, nobody yeah, to
3: be. No, there was no sign of a struggle or attempt so it was like
1: there was just there was a lot about it that seemed really confusing as to like okay what were the logistics of how this actually happened because right. it happened we've got five dead bodies here right um, and, and we don't really have a real explanation as to how this happened and no one heard anything so it there's uh, there's enough weird that happened there so you know it's, it's when I was like I don't know what actually happened or didn't happen in the house I mean there could have been weird things that happened things that you couldn't totally. Uh, account for or things you know it could have been you know your mind playing tricks on you it's like I'll, I'll be up late at night and it's like I'll think I see something out of the corner of my, my eye it's like you know I don't like I don't automatically oh that was probably a ghost like, no
3: yeah I'm not insane yeah but there's a big difference between that and like a large wooden door being blown <laughs> right. off the hinges from
1: the inside <laughs> yes there are, that's, those are two very different like if my front door Blew off the hinges and out into the yard. I would, I would notice that, and I would, I would be like, "Well, that's odd. I, I don't, (laughs) I didn't realize we had exploding hinges." Honey, that didn't happen.
4: Well, yeah, and the (laughs) remake too. Things really kind of go off the rails in the third act, where Ryan Reynolds' character finds a portal to another world in the basement, but it's a dream, but not really. Where he finds an Indian man. I think
3: he's just sort of being mentally intoxicated by the catch him. I guess the, they really hammered that catch him, kill him thing a whole bunch. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, Adam, we. I was telling you that I would watched both of these movies back to back, but so I watched I watched the remake first, and then the original, and then I had made the statement of, oh, I think the original's way better, but after marinating on that a little bit. I will say that what the Ryan Reynolds movie did attempt to do was try and make a movie. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> like they, I agree. They, yeah, they, they, tr- they really tried to make some narrative sense to all of the just disconnected things that were happening. Like, cause I think the disconnected things are really creepy and scary and it is fun to watch them in the original. And I do prefer it to the, over the remake, but the remake does try to make a movie. And oh, yeah, you know they catch him, the catch him, kill him thing, with the uh, uh, the sadist because they they there was uh, what was what's the deal with the the catch him guy because like he's mentioned in both movies, yeah. But you get a look, you get more of a look at him in the remake with Ryan Reynolds.
1: It, yeah, it's a it's a real because br- honestly, like that was one of the things that was funny because in my head before I watched either one of them. That was one of the things that differentiated the two for me was it felt like the remake just made up its own whole narrative and really ran with yeah. it. And then when I was wa- yeah. re-watching the original, I was like, oh, crap. They really did. And they It's more mentioned in passing. And I think that that was one of the things is you get two hours and you're like, here, um, in this scene, what we want you to do is put away the groceries. Just you take your meander with it. Just, you know, put <laughs> this, we'll uh, put the mustard over, you know, yeah. whatever, however you want to do it. And it's like, okay, this is not interesting i was like i don't like you're hitting all of these same notes over and and some stuff you're just like like the thing where the guy comes to the back door uh with the six pack mm-hmm. of, of beer and he's like oh we're here to oh, walk yeah. he's like it's and right. then just that that's gone and the, and like, we, these, we never these are all from the book all of this stuff yeah from the book. interesting
3: the the marching band in the middle of the night uh all of that stuff's from the book and I, I find that really creepy and interesting too like to be awakened by a large loud marching band seemingly playing through like the the you know they're all upstairs asleep and just like they're afraid to go down because there's this loud marching band playing through your house like well, they, they, just they what, totally leave skip your John that who's the
1: records on and it just keeps playing and you're like oh crap I forgot
3: but they they skip that stuff in the in the remake because yeah. it doesn't make sense like there there's no way to fit that into a story you're just like but yeah but okay so what came of it well, you know, so, there, yeah, th- did anyone look right. into it's that? You're right, it's a series of creepy <laughs> there
4: things. Were so many so, of one things. thing that I can say about the remake that I do enjoy is that they really focused I think more on the characters. I care a lot more about Kathy and her husband yeah. and, and, and maybe it's just, man, maybe it's Ryan Reynolds that man can just act and do damn near anything in my opinion, but he, uh, I, I believe that they're a couple and that they're in love, and I'm rooting for them as I'm watching the remake. Where in the original, I don't know, man. It's very stiff and just this vanilla kind of relationship that I think the filmmakers want us to believe is love, but I'm not buying it.
1: Well, I think I think you see in the remake. I think you see a, a much. More substantial shift in personality for George. Yes, like he's he's likable. Yes. Well, he wants to get along with Big the kids. Time. Big um, time. He, you know, there's the
3: and when he's away him. from the house, he's yeah. more like Ryan Reynolds that we yeah. know
1: and care about. So it's like it's yeah, it's like yeah, the he house. very much
4: comes across as you know the stepdad who cares, who yeah. really that, wants to make this thing work, yeah. and it comes across. Yeah. It's well done.
3: It does more so than the original movie. I agree, but I will also say that this is not. A movie that I want to watch, Ryan Reynolds in, like, yeah. any a lot of people could have been in this movie other than Ryan Reynolds, and I would have liked it as much. Uh, I, I just, I'm just, I don't know why he's in this movie. <laughs> why take a guy like Ryan Reynolds and put him in
4: this? It just doesn't. Well, make, we're also it looking at it from 2021 me. eyes. You know, I think and, that in the mid 2000s, Ryan still hadn't really become you know the Ryan Reynolds quite yet. So I think he was. He was looking for an, an outlet yeah, to really blow. Yeah, up, you know? I don't know if he did any horror before this. No, so this agreed. Could just be a way agreed. That he tried to expand his portfolio. Maybe
1: he did do both. Oh, he neck. did yeah. some horror, <laughs> but because I, I thought about doing Bolt Neck, but I was like, well, I don't think either of you would be able to. Track <laughs> no, Ryan that Reynolds was a goofy right? guy. That's what yeah. he was. He was. A he was Van Wilder.
3: He was the he was the funny guy in waiting. You know, he yes, was, that's what he was. And when he did uh blade it was just like oh that's kind of out there too like i but i mean it's like oh i'm just happy to see ryan reynolds and just about anything um but it just it felt weird like that this whole like era of the 2000s like the early to mid 2000s where they uh, they tried to remake everything yeah you know they they remade nightmare on elm street they remade friday the 13th they remade halloween they remade this they remade, they remade Pultures, the omen like everything Yes, they remade every – yeah, didn't they, like, have Julia Stiles or something in the, in the yeah, own? Like, yeah, I'm pretty yeah sure. that's right. Who – oh, God, well, man, that's a believable couple right there. Just any any co- sort of kind of – like, there, there's that group that came out of that late 90s early to, and then the early 2000s, like, young up-and-comers. Just, like, throw them in a remake of a horror, and it just – most of them just landed, like, flat. Just didn't work. And it's for me, this is just another one of those, like, I'll, I'll just uh, some things that I felt r- that scared me, that felt odd. Well, okay. So like Jody, Jody, they made this girl. She was like a little girl. Yeah. She was one of the, she was the young DeFeo kid and it makes sense in a story, but I find it creepier that Jody's a pig. Like, then, then a girl, creepier. I agree. Space you pig. Know, like when mess Space. <laughs> uh, when when uh, Margot Kidder sees the the red glowing eyes, which most people believe was just the neighbor's cat, that had kind of it was like a per, like a Persian cat that was sort of had a pig like appearance to it. It was sort of overweight, and it had like kind of reddish eyes, and it would jump up in the windows and peer in. Well,
1: but um, then you have the scene later in the movie where George clearly sees a pig up in the window that. That part, part was just awful. awesome. It worked <laughs>
3: they, so well. They, were, they had no money left. <laughs> they had 50 cents to make that shot work. <laughs>
1: Here, cut that picture of a pig out of a magazine. Terrifying.
3: Oh, I don't. I wish they had done that because most of the most of the scares in the original were just sort of like your creaky doors and oh, um, your rocking jump scare. And gosh, if I very, never seen a jump scare
4: in my life,
3: super super subtle. <laughs> but in the in the remake, you know, they there was a lot of blood. There were creepy uh, zombie looking people, and you know they had a, they certainly had a. A budget. They had a they had a bit of a budget to play with. Well, most of the you, scares were in long.
1: your face. <laughs> oh yeah. Because since we're squarely moving on from the original, which I'm sure there'll still yeah. be things we connect back and forth, but we're moving into remake yeah. territory. So I can give you a rundown on okay. some of the stats yeah. for this one. Go ahead. Yeah. It was it was released uh April fifteenth, two thousand five. Tax day. Great thing. Turn your taxes in. Go see Ron Reynolds in a horror movie, you know? That's perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one had a runtime ninety minutes, much more in line with your standard horror film. Yeah, and they cut a lot. So of way, way more digestible. digestible. What, are, yes. what do we do? Should should we should we really stretch out the scenes where they go to this town hall and the library and they look at microfiche? <laughs> and the, should we stretch all that out, or should we condense that into like? Because even even
2: that, like how it's... many
3: how many scenes of wood chopping can we possibly fit in? <laughs> it's like let's get. He's cold, everybody. I love the thing where you were like, where James Brolin was like, "I'm so cold," but he's walking around in his underwear. Yeah, like, like uh, put some put some pants cold? on. That's uh, like, well, it
4: was the uh, '70s, my, man. Nine year old men kid, had so much more body like, hair back then. It's so cold. Yeah.
3: Oh, good point. Good point.
1: He no, was covered he, in yeah. hair. That's true. He was. Soundly covered in hair,
3: but Ryan Reynolds rocking a pretty respectable right beard in this. Yeah,
1: he still had the Hannibal King beard. He he, was, he looked the part of the late seventies. I'll give yes. him that. Um, the production budget for this one, 19 million. so much higher uh, price point than the original. Uh, opening mm-hmm. weekend still did twenty three and a half million, so pretty respectable opening weekend. But the, that's a solid opening weekend. Yeah, the domestic total uh, dropped off at sixty five. So oh. It didn't didn't make as much as the original. Um I don't it know. It probably
3: made exactly
1: what they expected it to Yeah. Make. I mean, it's <laughs> a, it, you you could call it a success financially because I mean, Yeah. even at $19 million whatever your advertising budget is, you would have, you know, probably made 15-20 uh, million on top of uh, all of your costs. Right. So it's a it's a it was a money-making venture, so it did what it needed to. Um IMDB had it. Yeah. A you're 6/10. in the black and you haven't even talked yeah.
3: video sales quite yeah. yet. So,
1: um, uh, Ron tomatoes had 23 on the critic side, but 52 again on the audience side. So same score audience uh, wise for both the original mm-hmm. and the remake. And then okay. Metacritic actually was 33. Uh, the original was 28. This one was 33. So critics on the Metacritic side were a little bit kinder to Ryan Reynolds than James Brolin. Um, so yeah, that's those are the the numbers run down. So between the two they I mean they really do I mean the critically and uh from the audience they round out about the same. I mean 6.2 IMDb score and a 6. So those are right there in line. Exact same uh audience score on um Rotten Tomatoes. Um so it seems like uh the between the two uh cuz uh, a friend of mine she she just watched it and she had never seen the original and so she just watched this one this was her only perspective and she really enjoyed it and i started thinking yeah. in that vein it's like you know what if you didn't have any experience with the original and you were just watching this it really would mm-hmm. in its own right be a pretty solid you know horror movie it hits all it hits all, all of the the hallmark notes i mean it's got mm-hmm. jump scares yeah. it's got you know likable characters that you get invested uh, you're, you're way more invested in these kids than the kids from the first movie. I mean, I the oh the, my
3: god the the kids in the first movie are just just, yeah, just you know, <laughs> it, like, yeah. it, it took me a while
4: like, to figure out that them. they were their care. kids.
3: And this you you got a young hit girl in the remake. I love yeah, her,
1: Chloe Chloe yeah, she uh,
3: yes. she Yes, got
1: all her own stunts yeah, too. She was only eight.
4: That's impressive. Oh, so she was up on top of
3: that on top yep. of the roof, huh? <laughs> she did that all on her own. Jackie Chan, she's the Jackie Chan of her generation.
4: A true professional. Holy crap! How did they make that work? I mean, I, I guess she was wired up and yeah. had trampolines, but yeah, she was pretty high up
3: trampolines. there. Trampolines. <laughs> just let her. Yeah, her fall
4: Trampoline, <laughs> bounce back up. I suppose that could be trampolines. Fall back down, yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> I don't know why that made me laugh. So, so I do hard. have a question
4: about the remake because it seems like they almost had the same darn house. Yeah. I mean, was this filmed in the same location as the first one? No, really? no. The, okay, the first one was uh, they it just did
1: se- in uh, New Jersey, and I think by the time this one, cause I think after the third one, I want to say that house got torn down. It
4: um, got remodeled. Oh, yeah. okay, so they just kind of rebuilt the, it for the movie. Oh, no,
3: you, mean the, you meant the, oh, oh, okay, you, you're talking about the
1: movie house got Yeah, the movie, down. the movie house, I think, because okay. uh, it, it was yeah, in yeah. New Jersey's where they filmed that one, because they okay. found a house similar to it wow they did a good uh, job oh yeah the look uh, them. and they've they've changed uh, like one, one of the things that i really did because i watched amityville um amityville Two: the possession and amityville 3d uh and it is it's re- i'm like it's funny but it's also i mean like it does kind of work like they use those windows like it's the eyes to the house and it's a little mm-hmm. goofy at times, but at the same time, it really does make the house kind of like its own character and it works it really yeah, just it well enough. Cause like by the third one, it's like, okay, th- you're really pressing this button a lot and it's losing some of its luster here. But it's like in the first couple, it's like, you know, you'd have that real like sharp, um, kind of tone in the music and it would really, it would cut to those windows real quick and you, ah, and it's like, they're just windows, mm-hmm. but it would really kind of put you on edge. Um, and I, I I did think I mean they had that same kind of facade on the house in the remake, but it, it, it felt like it was just just different because it was a huge house in the second one. I mean it was a decent sized house in the in the original, but in there in, in the remake, it's this massive house. I mean like it's a huge screened in mm-hmm. porch. It was like I mean I feel like there's yeah. like oh, was eight different. It was like oh this is where the servants live oh, over there. That's where I was like, good lord this house is. And just insane
3: yeah you really get a good look at it when when she's walking on the yeah. roof uh you you get to see a lot of the angles of the house it is it does seem larger <clears throat> you know uh george lutz was still alive when the remake came out he yes. died in 2006 died in 2006 he was he was not a fan of the ring. Oh, he wasn't
4: really. <laughs> Did he just think? Not... I mean, obviously, quite a bit of no, this is was... embellished since it's so different from the original. So I'm wondering if that's the reason why.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's probably why. Yeah, he he looked at the original as well. His it was story. so it yeah it was his story and it was pretty faithful to the book. Uh, you know, you which a lot of people claim that maybe 10% of that is a true story and then 90% of it's completely fabricated but it was he guided that and in the in the in the remake it's pretty loose like they they take the defeo stuff and put it in there there is a jody i mean it's, a lot of it's different and a lot of the like little weird scares that you know you can piece together and go like yeah that that happened they they you know were in the original just were completely left out of the of the second and that that's like the little things that people who they talk about Mm -hmm. you know if you're if you're haunted or if you live in a neighborhood like if you're a resident in this Amityville um this this neighborhood like people talk about those like little like oh I heard that they 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 claimed that there was a they heard marching band you know like that that's real that feels real is as weird as that sound it doesn't really make sense to say it feels real but it's so out there it kind of does seem like more realistic than what we got in the remake
1: oh yeah the re- the remake just sort of like all right we're just gonna make uh, a standard 2000s horror movie where i mean they yeah. had some base material to go off of you had i mean some attachment I would say I mean the name recognition because there's like 4,000 Amityville movies and like when you go and look up Amityville stuff like Amityville Dollhouse there's I mean yeah
3: Yeah. well and that's because nobody owns nobody owns an I like there's no Amityville IP it's kind of like public domain in a way so So you got all these like crappy like directed you know video Amityville movies
1: that are made So there's, I mean, there's enough name recognition and, you know, they, they were in that vein of like, all right, we are just, we're going to bust out as many of these old horror movies as we can and see what, you know, see, and you know, I mean, it made, it made money. It's like all of these, they're not going to, you know, like I went to see it. I I went
3: to see it in theaters. I I was excited to see it. Yeah. And I, I didn't hate it. Like I was like, Oh, that was, that was pretty good. I'd kind of forgotten a lot about the original one when I did see it. So now that I've seen them back to back, so weird that I watched it in the way that I did <laughs> I watched the remake first. Why did I do that? I don't know why. This it it's like what I saw first when I was look, like looking up HBO max, which by the way, you can, you can watch both of these on HBO max. if You got that. Yeah. Yeah. You can. Did, did you, Oh no, Adam, you watched this with AMC plus. Is that how you watch these? Uh,
1: uh, I watched, uh, well, I own Amityville, horror the original and the remake. So I, oh, okay. I watched some of that, but uh Amityville 2 The Possession, Amityville 3 D and uh my Amityville horror were all on the AMC Plus. I did that through um, Amazon.
4: I would be interested to see where <laughs> gotcha. the series goes. I mean from what I understand, the original's uh sequel was more of a prequel that went back and told the story yeah. of the to Mayos. Uh, and beyond that, I'm not really sure, but it's interesting that this is public domain. So theoretically we could go out and make an Amityville movie. Um, right. I mean, we, we can totally do that. All right. Yeah. Because it was ripped from
3: the headlines. This is a real story. It's not something that, like, a John
4: Carpenter uh, didn't make. Like, it's not a nightmare on Elm Street.
3: It's, it's, it's something that well, happened. Which
4: brings it's, up the question, I guess. Oh, so I you, mean, you it's can... been a while, I guess, since there has been an Amityville movie, I, I suspect. Or at least, you know, since, okay, 2005, enough time has passed. Could you successfully make this movie today? Is kind of the question that I'm positing to you guys. Like, if it we were to come out into the theaters today, you've got a haunted house film set in the 70s, do you think that uh, this is something that you could pull off uh, for a modern audience?
3: Yes, I think so. I think That'd you could, good. there could be a story about the grandkids of the Lutzes or something, you know, like may- maybe maybe like you know how like in Doctor Sleep it was like a continuation years yeah. later like a lot of a lot of a lot of remakes and sequels are going that route these days where you it's like thirty years later and I think you could do an interesting like oh well uh, the story is there's the grandkids and grandma grandpa Lutz were you know like they were they were kind of out there I uh, don't believe this I and then like they. I don't know, like some something like that. Bring them in as skeptics, because they're they're di- they're far enough they're far enough distance from the events happening that you know I mean, maybe there could be a story there. I don't know if you necessarily want to go like straight up remake again, uh, but I, I feel like you gotta have the house. The house has to be a part of any new Amityville horror movie. I agree. Because you know? uh, otherwise, what's the point? Like the the it's so exciting, an interesting movie because it's a haunted house. It's a haunted house movie. And you, you could make a, there, there are so many good haunted house movies out there that have nothing to do with Amityville that you could slap Amityville on and say it's Amityville horror movie. And nobody would be the wiser, especially if you did it like a straight up the 2005 movie where it's like, well, you know, you, you, you film a, a scene where like, oh, they talk about the DeFeo murders. They, you know, like based on a true story and then you, boom, you got yourself an Amityville movie.
1: Well, that was cause that I don't was, know what do you think, Adam. Though that was that was the big thing I think in the two thousands was everybody really loved to be able to say based on a true story, and yeah. I mean especially because I mean that was when they were started doing the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre ones, um, and it, it's one it's kind of like when they're like oh this uh, let's I'm gonna, I do kind of like
3: the Michael Bay Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie a little bit
1: I think that I thought that was pretty good it was it was a good uh, that was a pretty solid update to the original yeah. I mean that, like yeah. Having had a number of sequels to the originals, it was nice. Kind of like when we when we got the new Halloween one. Uh, even the Rob mm-hmm. Zombie new Halloween was pretty decent. I mean, his Halloween 2 sucked. Oh, I agree. But uh, yes. <laughs> the, the new Halloween, I mean, it's, it, I think that's one of those things like you, I think you can reach a point, especially if you do it well. Because uh, I mean, that was like you were, like you guys were saying, it made this more of a movie. I mean, like you you could get invested in the characters, and even even the way that they orchestrated it, where the babysitter was the one that filled him in on what was happening in the house, and they it was like, you know, something's up. But it's like, it mm-hmm. was nice because I, I did like in the remake that they start off with a more pronounced understanding of the DeFeo murders as they happened. It wasn't just yeah. this i mean because in the in the original it's like for everything that they did to just stretch the shit out of you know not i was like here's a, oh do we do we have to let this wood chopping scene hit the floor could we not squeeze this in somewhere it's like dude the movie is at four hours and two and a half of it is him chopping wood we don't yeah. need that so it's like as many things as they did that took so much time they really rushed through that initial um the, the initial opening where it's like that's the murder it's like so you understand what's happening to a degree but I felt like that was one of the things that really hit well in the remake was okay here's how this happened and they did that that really choppy like you know slow but then speeded up you know like that, that really jumpy yeah. uh, technique yeah. that was big in the yes. 2000s and so yes. I mean that, that worked and it gave you enough of a background that when they connected that through the story it did feel like okay things are starting to make sense and the whole, the ke- yeah. I think the catch him thing is where they kind of went off the rails. Like that was one of the things. They really like,
3: did with they, with the magnets on the refrigerator yeah. and stuff. Like
1: it, it was like that. that they was really,
3: really doubled down on the catch him, kill him thing. And when he he would see himself, you know, like in blood and uh, yeah, as he's losing his mind a little bit. <laughs> so
1: like, well, because really? it, it was it was like they felt like they needed to further explain why the house was haunted. And it was one yes. of those things like if we just accept that whatever whatever is there that possessed defeo to do what he was doing is now yeah. coming after the lutz family we don't yeah, need yeah the to house know it's we get it the house yeah. is not
3: haunted because of what happened with the defeo murders the yeah. house is haunted because it's you it know built on an indian burial, burial ground like, i think is what is yeah. it was. yeah yeah well yeah uh that's the story yes and even even like uh, elaine uh warren said that what what was the quote something like oh when she they did the seance uh like this is the closest to hell I hope I ever yeah. uh get because she just felt such a strong presence and you get a little bit of that in The Conjuring too like you that some of that seance yeah uh that had like I kind of like how they baked that into Conjuring too, the the Amityville uh set up with with the young boy in the yeah. pictures
4: you do I I do enjoy the fact that, you know, in the remake here, we get more of a mythology. You know, I I do like that there's a bit more of a backstory as opposed to, well, here's an evil haunted house. Yeah, I'm kind of getting a little more backstory on that. Um, I know I'm probably in the minority here, man, but uh, remake for the win, if I'm going to pick between the two.
3: Well, a little goes a long way, and they did just enough.
4: Yeah, I'm definitely a fan of this remake, especially compared to the original, Uh, just my opinion.
3: You really should watch them both to kind of get the full context and then definitely go down the rabbit hole of checking out some of these documentaries to get more information on the DeFeo, uh, you know, the, the, the murders in the early 70s. Was it 73, 74? Yeah, because that's um, all cause true crime stuff. stuff like one of those true
1: crime stuff now.
3: Oh, my gosh, yeah. There's going to it, be tons of
1: podcasts dedicated to the DeFeo murders because I'm sure –
3: I wonder if there are podcasts dedicated just to the event, like the '70s. You know, DeFeo. So it's like he's a crazy guy. Like we haven't talked about him really That's hardly true. at all. Like Ronnie, DeFeo. he just died this was year. That
4: was going to be my question. So he, he just he died did this pass year. He passed away in jail. I assume
3: he he is like a straight up. Yeah, he died in March yeah. of this well, year. Well, he was he was he was serving out how many life sentences? It was uh, like
1: five or oh, six.
3: Oh wow, six. yeah. <laughs>
1: I thought he only killed five, but I I thought it was a family safe. Yeah, so he died just
3: recently. um, Kathy Lutz died in the late 80s. Yeah. uh, And George Lutz died in 2006. Yeah. And I guess all of the kids are still alive. Yeah. I I am assuming.
1: All the Lutz kids. I'd imagine that whatever the kids that George and Kathy had together. I think they had, I want to say they had two. I'd imagine they're still alive because they would have been born in the 80s.
3: And oh, yeah. I like when we were, we were just like talking sort of offline and you were like, we're, we're never going to get the true story. Like, cause you know, both George and Kathy Lutz are dead yeah, and you know, so like we could never get any new information from them and the kids are just probably doing their best to forget,
4: <laughs> you know, it sounds like at I, least it's two of them have moved the, on, you know, to where they just don't want to, to be, yeah. they're like, okay, look, we've done this. They're probably just tired of being known for this. And they've kind of left it in the past.
3: Well, especially the daughter. like She was such a focal point of both the book, the original movie, and the remake. Yeah. And she's not talking at all.
2: So. I
4: agree. From a narrative what standpoint, I kind of understand why you'd want to use the little girl, though, as opposed to, say, like a little boy. I don't know. a little girl just kind of comes across as more innocent. So from a filmmaking standpoint, if I'm going to focus on one kid, yeah, I'd probably focus on the girl if I'm making a horror movie.
1: She'd be the most vulnerable, oh, right. too. And she had the connection to Jody. No, it worked and in the yeah, poltergeist. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Caroline.
4: Oh gosh, yeah. The background of those movies are just nuts. All the things that happened to all those actors, but I don't want to get us off on a tangent oh, yeah. there.
3: We'll we'll have to save that for a future. Yeah, no, no. because we, we could for sure. Uh, wow. What what now, Adam? Do we do we have more? Is, is there more to the remake that we could? Uh, the uh, boat house the boathouse stuff was very different from the original oh too. yeah the, the, uh,
1: I, I did I I liked the, the ending had more of a uh, uh, a solid finality to it though I did think it was a little cheesy when she like turns the boat off to look back he's like don't look don't even look back it's like yeah really you're gonna turn the boat off you're like huh? Is the house still there? Yeah, the house is still there. <laughs> the it house. didn't explode. It's not
3: following you. <laughs> I was like, you're in the water. Wouldn't it have been
4: great if, like, it was on water skis? I'm <laughs> coming
2: after you. Get back here. You're mine but now. we
4: did establish.
2: Oh, Whoa, what I what do? In do? the original movie, the house
4: does have the ability to control vehicles. So, I mean, it could have done something with that boat.
2: Yeah.
3: Oh, it totally cut the brakes of that oh. car. I mean, like, I don't know how, but it did. <laughs>
4: <laughs> or maybe that just works with priests. I don't know. The
1: house went out one uh, night. It was just fiddling with brake lines. <laughs> I'll get you all. That car
3: went Tommy boy. It went full Tommy boy. Oh, yeah. On the, the two guys. Hey, wasn't... <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I do think that the ending was... I But at the same time, I dig the uh, the uncertainty of the original, how like they drive off, you know? Like, it's, it's so much more ambiguous.
1: How George goes back. Except, like, I gotta get the dog. He goes,
3: back, he goes back for the dog. Yeah, that was kind of corny. But I do like how he's carrying the dog out. A and bit, he falls,
1: he falls I, into the pit of, of poop sludge. The <laughs> pit of poop. <laughs> it's like he just goes through Whatever the stairs. that was. And then I love, I love, it like. I mean, but what, it
3: was, it was like the
1: poltergeist. There's like you said, Matt. It was, this I mean, movie it, does it was like. Like a what, bad version <laughs> of the poltergeist. <laughs> was it was like a 40, 50 pound dog. Give or take, that was a big dog. And yeah, he, I probably. mean he's 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 he's. I mean well, he's, he's been
3: chopping wood every day for like eight hours a
1: day for yeah, like dudes. Dudes, days pretty strapped. Plus, I mean he, he's he, jacked. He was. I mean he was at least he was over two hundred. He could have carried two dogs, one on each shoulder. Uh, and he's Easy. He's he's just d- 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 drenched in this in this poop sludge, and he's like, <laughs> pull harder. It's like, why don't you get your own ass out of this? This hole, man. <laughs> you want this 50-pound dog to pull you out of this? Is that what you're actually saying? He's like, well, you can pull harder, Harry. Pull. Come on, get me out of here. It's like, help yourself, George. Come on. Let's get out of the poop the, sludge.
3: I like how in at the end of Guys*, just since we have made a comparison here, there, there's that frenzied ending yeah. about how they're just like escaping and they're in the car and they're just pulling away. I felt that a bit more with the original and then the remake because it is there is the beautiful serene sunset and you know uh, Re- ryan reynolds who in, in the movie in the remake they're like fully on like the house is making him a killer yeah,
1: yeah. and he even comes to it at one point he's like just go or i'll kill you you know like he's like yeah kill me or I'll she's like nobody's dying today right right right
3: and she just like cold him like he's gonna have a concussion he's he's Possibly damaged for life. And they're just dragging <laughs> she him. She hits him like twice hard
1: like, with that fucking axe. Gonna, it's gonna leave a mark, Bob.
3: <laughs> a little bit, but it's Ryan Reynolds, so you know, no big. I deal. did uh, the
1: he, when they condensed all of the the research into that final scene. I do. I did really enjoy that we've reached the end of the twenty eight days. It's the final day, and mm-hmm. uh, Kathy Lutz. Has gone to the library, the public library. She's literally there first thing in the morning. It's two minutes before they open, so she's there first thing in the morning. She's driving home at night in the dark and the rain. Oh yes. And I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, so, so wait a minute. So you're terrified of this house, and you're terrified of your new husband because you think he's going to kill everybody. And so what did you do? You left your children alone in this house all day with the crazy all man day. in the basement. Okay. Right. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, I can see that. It's like, oh, I was using the microfiche. <laughs> that was why it took so long. <laughs> it didn't mean time, to be gone man. all day. It was the microfiche. It's like Vegas. You
3: just really lose
1: There's all right. no, no windows, no, no clocks. It's like, what time? <laughs> right. Microfiche I was sort of like the Facebook all day. of They're the pumping 70s, oxygen man. in you there. You lost it. <laughs> you just get lost in it. Uh, oh, I just fell into this microfiche. <laughs> like one minute she's looking up Defeo murders, like oh my goodness, and they're like oh look at this story. Oh, so, so, okay, so oh there was a
4: craft oh figure. you know what oh I've, I've <laughs> missed fun. the last three years of Marmaduke. I got to catch up on that. See what he's up to.
1: Oh,
3: what's Hager the Horrible up to? I'm not gonna lie. I would I would read every day of Calvin oh, and Hobbes dang. if I went yes. back far enough. The best. <laughs>
1: I I did really enjoy that fact because it was like okay so you're just going to take the whole day it's just a you day at the library
4: that is good and you know there was a bit of a glitch too because they they focus on her she's driving back to the house and you can see that there's rain around but I guess they forgot to put rain on the windshield so it's a perfectly perfectly clear windshield but like there's rain (laughs) everywhere else it just bugged the hell out of me everywhere else I don't know it's one of those small things that I just saw and I was like ooh Dang, that's unfortunate.
3: So we're we're at like a little, not quite an hour and a half on the episode, and I feel like we've kind of covered yes the bases on the two movies and the events of the Amityville Horror and the the Fayo murders. I was hoping that maybe we could take the rest of the episode and talk about uh, anything spooky. That may have happened to either of you, uh, like haunted house wise, or some maybe maybe not something specific as uh, window seal slamming on a finger, but just something that freaked you out in a house. to Keep the mood, keep the vibe going just a little bit longer.
1: Outside of the uh, the clown puppet that I told you about, I last time. what <laughs> you told me, but you got to tell the listeners oh, about that. <laughs> that was that was in the the first one that we we had yeah. issues with was it the lost which, episode yeah which i, I like I, I there's a part of me that also likes is like oh the audio got corrupted by a ghost
2: it might have it's like, oh, very
1: possible it's never happened to us podcast
3: before podcast was
2: haunted
1: <laughs> yeah that, oh, that... no so please I do have please tell a spooky ghost story that, that i can
4: tell you guys about oh cool I, I don't know if i can do it like any justice or anything oh, yeah, like I that but yeah when i was yep. a kid um uh, yeah, so I uh, would would be laying in my bed at night, and then I would see my father come up through the hallway, and I could see him through my doorway in my room, wearing like this blue robe that he just always wore, and he'd go in the back. And what was weird was that every once in a while, I would see him go into his room, but I wouldn't see him come out of his room, and then I would just see him walk down the hallway again. And like, I mean, and I'm just wide awake, and I'm like, if he just did that. So we're sitting around a campfire one night and I'm telling my mom this story about how sometimes I see dad go into the back room and then I see him go into the back room again about five or ten minutes later. And it turns out my mom has also been seeing this weird thing where my dad just kind of walks up to the doorway in her room, which I can't see from my room, and he'll just stand there and then she's sitting there reading a book. She's like, yes, what you need? And then he's not there anymore and then he'll just come back. And so like, We think we saw this ghost of my dad, who is still alive, by the way. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) Or the ghost had taken the form of my dad in the bathrobe. Uh. uh, And he just walks in the back. Yeah. I mean, maybe. Maybe. It freaked the
2: hell out of me
4: as a kid, though, once I realized, oh, this might be something supernatural. I would really
1: like if your dad was doing that as a prank. (laughs) <laughs> and like he and, just, and just he really well minded yeah. purposefully <laughs> like he's like I think she's oh. noticed me and then just dashes away so she's like well I just saw him and then he's like okay Matt saw me he's like I'm going to climb out the window at the end of the hall and go <laughs> down the side and around to the front door I was like I'm going to do this again just to mess with him
3: and when he's like 102 years old on his deathbed he like reached he leans into whispering both your you and your mom's You're like I was
2: Fucking with you the whole
3: time. <laughs> I went to therapy for that
4: useless. <laughs> smother him with a pillow. I've been
3: telling my friends that for decades. <laughs> Go to sleep, you bastard. You're right. Just, uh, <laughs> dad. Got oh, us again. dad.
4: Good stuff. Well, it scared the hell out of me as a ten year old.
3: That's awesome. Adam, do you want to retell the uh, creepy clown? The creepy uh, <laughs>
1: But yeah, I want to hear this. It was just—it was one of those things. Like when when we used to go visit my grandparents, uh, growing up in Wisconsin, they lived about two hours away from us. And then when we moved to Minnesota, they were about eight hours away from us. But we still saw them pretty regularly. And when I was a kid, uh, my brother and I we would share my mom's old room upstairs. There were two twin beds. And then once I got old enough, um, I slept on the hidey bed downstairs in the basement. It was their house. It was a split level, so like the basement was like two-thirds underground, but, like, there were windows right at uh, at uh, ground level, uh, so you could... It wasn't fully under uh, underground, and so I would... Uh, I'd be down there, and it was cool, because I was, you know, 11, 12, and I got to... So I'd stay up and watch TV down there, um, but uh, my grandparents were huge Purdue fans, and so they had all this Purdue memorabilia up on the shelf <laughs> back behind the... Because they, they had one of those big old TVs that was inside a giant wooden box, so it was, like, this big... Th- this thing in the room, and so up on this up on the shelf back behind the TV, they had this uh, Purdue uh, p- puppet. It was a clown marionette puppet, and it just sat <laughs> on the shelf, and it, like it, it, like I'm I'm down there. I love I'm, that I'm, they licensed the Purdue mascot. Yeah, to be a marionette clown. Somebody made it, and like the whole outfit, the whole clown outfit is Purdue the boilermaker. And I'm just like. <laughs> I was like, of all the things that we needed as accoutrements to this room, this is, so. I mean, I, I got to the point where I was like, yeah, I know this thing is not going to get up in the middle of the night and murder me. I'm like 98% sure of that, but <laughs> yeah, I can't. There's still a chance. I can't, <laughs> yeah. like, be here laying down knowing that thing is looking at me. I was like, I just can't. <laughs> it's just So I, I, I got in the habit. I would go and get it, and they, they had where my grandma kept all, she would make Afghans just. Ad nauseum, she had—I don't know how—hundreds of them. She was always knitting things uh, or crocheting. I can't remember what she did, but she. So they had this side little cabinet bench thing, and so I would lift it up. I'd put it in there. I was like, "All right, that's that's where you're going," because I'm not gonna be able to sleep if you're just sitting there boring into the back of my head while I pretend like clown (laughs) puppet. I don't blame you at all. I would throw
3: like eight blankets over that
4: thing plus like <laughs> like uh, weighted blankets. Oh yeah. No doubt. Set it on fire. <laughs> uh right to the left. Throw it out the TV, window.
1: They had, they had this <laughs> big door cuz the whole it was like wood paneling on the wall and there was a door that you pulled out of the wood paneling and it went into the crawl space underneath the house. So it's like okay, there's the crawl space oh, under the house. Old houses
3: pubs. just had the weirdest shit yeah. like the architecture like uh I know exactly like seeing those big enough for like a midget basically to walk yeah, exactly. through like and,
2: a little
1: door oh yeah and they had like old linoleum that they used as like this pathway because she used to keep like toys Ugh. out there so like when we would visit she's like, she's like oh let me go get this for you and she's like i'm gonna go out in the crawl space so it's one of those things I'm like all right i'm gonna pretend like i'm not terrified but i might be a little terrified because i'm downstairs yeah. in this basement by myself and i'm like i'm 11 12 years old it's like yep I, yeah, I remember i think
3: i was mentioning like being younger like being in an old house like that like a grandparent's house yeah and um maybe playing at the bottom of like a staircase or something but and then and then looking up the stairs and it's sort of you can't really see exactly really well at the very top of the stairs those kinds of staircases yeah, and uh, I've seen I've seen that effect in some horror movies done really well, where they're lighting it just to just so that you can't see what's up there, and it's never quite that dimly lit. But there, it's it really messes with your head. Like, oh you can yeah, really dream up some it's some scenarios in your head, especially if you're the type of person who would sneak and watch scary
1: movies. Well, that um, was that was one of my favorite uh, little effects from Hereditary early on in the movie when. Tony Collette is going to, uh, she's working in her little workspace on her little miniature oh, things. Yes. And she turns the light yes. off, and you can see, like, you don't straight up see her mom standing there. Right. But you see, like, this right. shadowy silhouette of her. And A she turns vague the light back on. and she's gone. Shadowy yeah. silhouette. And yeah. it's when I was like, okay. I didn't
3: even see it. I yeah. didn't even see it. I think, I think, because we saw that, didn't we? Didn't we yeah, see we that? we saw that together. Yeah. I feel like you had seen it, and I was like, no, I didn't see it. Yeah. But on video, you. You know, you can adjust the, you know, contrast a little bit. Yep. And you, yeah, you, you can see it in video.
1: So like that was intentional and it was there. And it's just subtle enough that it's like, Ooh, that's chilling. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I had little subtle
3: scares are the best. The the only other,
1: the only, I remember when I was a kid, it was probably about the same. I was probably like 11, 12 as we moved to Kentucky on my 14th birthday so it was probably like 11 or 12 and the youth group at the church we went to, there was a girl who was my age, Tessa Rockefeller and I remember because her mom and dad came to one of our um, one of our little youth group meetings that we had at church and uh, her one of her older sisters who was, I want to say like 16, 17 something like that she had gotten in with a crowd like it wasn't like, you know, we're messing with the Ouija boards, she was like, they were looking up Book. I mean, they're getting books on the occult and you know spells and stuff like that, and they w- were messing around with that kind of stuff. And her parents, you know, who were I mean, good normal regular people, they were like, yeah. I mean, like you'd wake up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, and the hallway there was. I mean, like in Ghostbusters, there was a stack of books from the floor to the ceiling, and you're like, okay, <laughs> what is that? And I mean, it was. It, it wasn't like they weren't trying to like creep us out, but they were like. Hey, this stuff. You know, like we had some of this stuff happen in our house, and I want to say they had to have yeah. like, they had priests come and bless that, or they had people from the church come and like bless the house and stuff. And but it was they, it was like they, you know, shared two or three oh, things. wow! Like it was just like oh, that's just creepy enough to be like, you know, you hear stuff banging or you know stuff that was like okay, that's not the house settling. It's like that's a noise. It wasn't you know a marching band in the ba- in the in <laughs> right but it was like right noises in the middle of the night. You are like okay. I don't know where that's coming from, but that's not anybody here. And
3: that's I know, and you have whole shows dedicated to oh, creepy. Well, oh, I forget the name. Like the 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 paranormal guys, like the the two guys who go places that are haunted and yeah. you know, try to, to debunk uh, as much as they possibly can. And since they're they have a professional background with uh, like contracting, like you know with houses and plumbing and you know they just they just know a lot of things about how uh, how this the noises the normal noises that a house will make so they they will try and apply it but if you're living in the house that's the scare. like the thing that i love about these scary haunted house movies is that you're home and you can't escape it that's like the the appeal of a haunted house movie you get to leave yeah you 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 can't escape it it's
1: there (laughs) yeah this is just your house
3: and that's cool yeah i was just curious if you guys had any little bit of uh stories that maybe had been passed down that you remembered or maybe your parents told you like oh this weird thing happened and you know you were just a baby but this is
4: oh what about you ron you got anything for us
3: uh Nothing Ron's been is
4: dead probably... for 40
1: years.
2: <gasps> <gasps>
4: it's a ghost. <laughs> he was dead the entire
1: time. Oh, crap. <laughs> we just M. Night Shyamalan ding-dong. What a go. twist.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, I'm afraid I can't...
3: I can't claim anything quite that good. The, the one thing that happened to me that doesn't necessarily fit under the umbrella of ghost haunting, but one time... I was scared shitless after watching the movie fire in the sky, which if you're not familiar with, it is a true life story about these lumberjacks in Oregon who, uh, in this, in the seventies, again, I think it was one of the lumberjacks disappears and he is supposedly abducted by an alien and, you know, da, da da da. It's just like a, it's like one of those like true life abduction type movies. And I'd watched it. Yeah, it was
4: based off the book Communion. I read that back in high school. That's scary I stuff. need to re
3: watch that Christopher Walken Communion movie because I hear that that's pretty creepy. Um, but anyway, so after watching that, I, I was a latchkey kid. So I was home alone quite a bit. So I tried to m- not make it a habit of watching anything too scary. Knowing that I was going to be home alone, uh, even during the day it's kind of a scary thing. Uh, the first time I ever watched the Exorcist was home alone, you know, which was Hilarious. very stupid. yeah, but uh so yeah. <laughs> i I had seen uh, fire in the sky maybe the day before a couple days prior. It was fresh in my mind still, and uh, I remember waking up and this is it only has happened to me in my life once ever. And I had experienced this thing called sleep paralysis. Oh, yeah. Where, yeah, it's terrifying because your body is essentially asleep and resting, but your brain is not. And it's not supposed to do that. It's supposed to be also resting. And uh, so my eyes opened up, and I was looking uh, through my bedroom door, kind of uh diagonally into where the kitchen was and underneath the kitchen table i saw a little thing looking at me staring back at me (laughs) I, i interpreted it as an alien and uh i was literally scared stiff couldn't move heart pounding and then um i just sort of talked myself down like i just it was terrifying. I was home alone. I was sure something was looking at me. And I just started breathing, slowed down, and then I regained uh, control of my limbs. And then I quickly realized there was nothing there. But for that, I don't know, what felt like three, four minutes maybe could have been 15 seconds. Uh, that was probably the most terrifying 15 seconds of my life. That that shit, like I feel. Yeah,
4: that sounds scary as hell. Yeah, man. I
3: feel really bad for those people who suffer from sleep paralysis a lot. And yeah, and they, you know, they'll there will be these stories of uh, being in bed and aliens or what have you are at the foot of their bed and be like crawling up to you and you're just uh, you're helpless. Like I feel really bad for those people who suffer from that regularly. Like wow, what a what a hell that must be. Because you, ha- it's like Nightmare on Elm Street. Like you can't, you have to sleep, <laughs> you know. And if you knew there was a chance, even if it was a five percent chance that like you may have that happen to you, uh, you may not want to go to bed. But you,
4: ah, uh, yes. Well, it's it's sort of like you know one of my greatest fears is that I would be one of these people who are going into surgery. And you know how sometimes people say you're under anesthesia but you can't do or say anything but you're still feeling everything? Like oh, what a that nightmare that would delightful. be. I would imagine that's some form of sleep paralysis. Yeah,
3: that sounds like coma, like the a coma like Oh, you know like a, they're they're on from the outside they're sleeping but you know you're very much alive and unable to... Right on the inside yeah. your brain is going
4: <laughs> crazy. Yes.
3: Alright, well, uh, cool. Thanks for sharing those stories, guys. That was really fun. That's exactly what spoo- the, the spooktacular is all about. Um, so, I guess at this point, we should just go ahead and let the cat out of the bag for the next, next episode. Matt, you are joining us again, right?
4: Yes, I can't wait. And we're going to be covering... I don't-
0: You are probably wondering why you are currently zip-tied to a chair with a microphone in front of your face. You have reviewed many movies in your lifetime, but this Halloween, I have a new task for you. You must watch the movie that started a Halloween franchise. So, from 2004. You must make the ultimate decision. Does this movie deserve to be the modern-day epitome of a horror film? Or has it become an outdated relic of the early 2000s? But, be warned, this review will be filled with spoilers. And the language used will offend some people. This is your task. Live or die. Make your choice.
3: Wow, man, that was awesome! That was really cool. Like, what? How did you do that? Like, when? How long did it take you to to, to come up with
4: that? Man, a lot longer than you would think. Actually, 45 days. <laughs> it took quite a bit of time to put that together <laughs> because I would I would put it together. It, something would break and then I have to put it back together again oh get the voice just right. Oh God, I can't believe you're gonna yeah, make
3: me watch yeah. saw again. I thought oh, I was Walter done Parker. with that yeah. franchise
4: Oh yes. this is your test <laughs> Live or die. Oh, it's happening Ron. Life. Yeah oh, you know what I don't even, I should have just gotten you to do the voice Adam <laughs> oh no,
3: that's frighteningly act, like dead on right there <laughs> He's been watching yeah, all the movies. That's way
4: better than what I did.
3: <laughs> are you talking into a can yeah, not how together. are you doing that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what is going on
2: i've just watched all What's the movies you? back to back
4: yes oh he has he has yeah. so adam i appreciate that oh okay. i like <laughs> ron you don't have to watch like them the... all. that's not an expectation
3: <laughs> i i'm gonna watch the first one i'll probably stop there but i, I do really enjoy the there we go the eclectic uh, grouping of movies that we've so far for the uh, Spooktacular, like we got an alien movie, we got a haunted house movie, and we got I don't know what the hell you call Saw. Like it's not torture porn, like Hostel or
4: anything. Boy, I don't but. know either. Well, it, it kind of became that way yeah. eventually. But, the first one, but yeah, the first one's kind of an elite yeah, by its own. It is. Yeah, it, it is. It's, it's its own thing. It's a good
3: scary movie with a great twist, which was all the rage in the, of that time. But it's also James Wan's. Is that his only? Uh, time at the director's chair was the first Saw movie.
4: That was his. Fir- that was his first one. Oh, that's a good question. What I want to say it's his. Yeah, I want to say it's his first one. I think he came back as a director
2: for the yeah, second and two third and three one. Sure.
1: Oh, okay. I thought another director. Yeah, did two and, and then three, after that, it was yeah. yeah that uh, gotcha. What's his face? They want to say like David Lynn Busamon or something like that.
3: Okay. Okay. Yeah, so this From, is
4: yeah four to six. They brought a new guy in for seven. We had talked about oh, malignant. Anyway. Yeah, we're going to talk all about it. I'm so excited. Yeah,
3: I, I you know I you're you're driving this thing. You know that right, Matt? <laughs> the rule, <laughs> the new rule of, of I am, the cinema. I'll be excited you, enough for all three. If of us. you pick the movie, I'm you drive the podcast. Me. So like, I'm going to let you let you be in charge of that, and uh, I'll I'll watch it, and uh, we'll we'll talk about one of the great. Two thousand horror movies and franchises that I would not have picked, but nice. that's cool. I'm. I know that Adam apparently is a big enough fan to watch all the damn movies in the I last did. two days, but that's just par for the course for our, our guy. I'm. <laughs> yeah. I'm just that. I'm just that <laughs> yeah. kooky. You are a kooky dude. Just that. You are a kooky dude.
4: Dedicated. So I am throwing some surprises uh, your way, guys. Uh, next time we're on this podcast, I'm going to throw out that at random. We're going to get tested, and oh. it's going to be awesome, or it's going to be totally lame. I don't know how it's going to. No, pan no, out, I dig that. Be I dig that.
3: I like the uh, like the, the the like little bit of a quiz. A little bit. Of, is, so you're gonna you're gonna quiz Not us on really. Saw. Is that what you're gonna quiz us on?
4: Not, not at all. No, oh, no, okay, no, okay, no. Okay, okay, okay. I'm going to reach into the dark depths of your minds and make you do funny stuff. Oh, or wow. Cool. This is kinky. All right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was not expecting no that No one's coming all. away with any nightmares. It's all fun stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool, cool. I, I think you guys are going to dig it. Nice, nice.
3: Well, I'm very happy that you could join us for this uh, episode. Uh, and I'm also glad that you're going to be back with us again in next week's volume part three absolutely of volume. Yeah, i'm twofer. happy
4: to be here and thank you guys so much for having me on
3: oh yeah for sure for sure and i will say that this has been one of your hosts one of your co-hosts ron Avis,
1: and i've been Adam joining Peterson. me as always
3: yep
4: all right and i'm matt mercer thanks everybody
3: unpleasant dreams spectacular
1: <laughs> creaky stairs